For most little kids, when their parents tell them to get all dressed up and to go to the mall, it is a happy day. But for me, it never was. When I was told to get dressed up, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It was time to go to a sale. I have absolutely no idea how many times I was brought to the mall for this purpose, but I do know that it was a lot. I know that it sounds like an extremely complicated place for this to happen at. I know it sounds like an easy place to get caught, but the reality is the mall was the most perfect place for them. People were so busy and focusing on the stores of where they wanted to shop that they never noticed the little girl holding her father's hands with tears in her eyes. We would go into the mall sometimes as an entire family, but other times it was just me and my father. They would always take me into the Disney store. They knew somebody that worked there, so it was an easy drop-off point. I can remember the big mountain of plushies in the back of the store. Its nickname was Plush Mountain. It was surrounded by TV monitors that were playing Disney movies. It was a perfect place to distract me. And I knew that once I looked up from whatever movie I was watching, if my parents were gone, that it was about to happen. Sometimes I would stay with the dolls and play a little bit longer than I was supposed to, but I knew that if my parents ever found out about that, I would be punished. So I would walk up to the cashier and let her know that my parents had forgotten me. She would just pick up the phone and page over the loudspeaker that went through the entire mall asking that my parents come back to the Disney store as they had left a person in their party behind. I imagine they thought that they were being safe by not saying that I was a child. But just because they never said that did not mean I was safe in any way, shape, or form. All the buyer needed to hear was my parents' names and the name of the store, and they knew exactly where to go. They never came right away. It was always a few hours later, sometimes quicker and sometimes a lot longer. But it was enough time that the cashier would never notice that a different person walked in than I had walked in with. And as soon as the person came up to me, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. So I just held onto their hand like they were my parent and walked out of the store thanking the cashier for her help. There were a few places that I was taken inside of the mall. Sometimes it was an office in the hallways behind those doors. Sometimes it was in a bathroom. Sometimes it was in a store that was under renovations. There are so many different hiding spaces inside the mall. Once we got inside is when the sale would happen. The person that made the purchase was able to do whatever they wanted. There was someone in the room as well that was watching to make sure nothing went too far. They were wearing a camera. They also had a bag with them. After this person was done, they would leave. 
and the babysitter that was sent by my parents, who was a part of the ring, would then pull a change of clothes out from the bag and quickly change my outfit. I do not know if it was because my clothes had gotten torn or if they just wanted me to appear different, but every time my clothes were always changed. And more times than not, after it was all over, there was a hat put onto my head. And that was when they would lead me back into the mall from whatever location we were at. We would walk up and down, looking at different stores, just appearing to be a child with their parent. And eventually they would pick a store. I have no idea if there was a reason for that store that they would pick, but it was never the Disney store. It was always a different one and it always had something distracting in it. So once again, I was left behind. I would go up to the cashier of the store and explain that I was left. And again, they would announce over the speaker my parents' names and say that they had left a person from their party behind. My parents would come back and get me and we would walk out to the car and leave. I know that seems like it is so complicated, but it is very simple. They made sure there was enough time in between the time that they dropped me off at the store to when they picked me up that no one really paid attention that they were different people. I was so young that I just obeyed and did not make a fuss. While I walked through the mall with either this person or my parents, nobody looked down. They did not notice a child. And if they did notice me after the sale, I was wearing different clothes, but always the same shoes. I remember they never changed my shoes. I want you to think about the last time you went to the mall yourself. Were you paying attention to children to see if they looked terrified with their parents? Or were you paying attention to the stores and mannequins in the windows trying to decide which store you wanted to shop at next? Did you have a ton of bags in your hands that were a bit distracting? Did you ever look at the ground or notice anything that was touching the ground? So yes, it seems complicated, but it was a perfect distraction. It was so crowded that no one noticed me. People were so distracted by the storefronts, the mannequins, and the bags that they were holding that they did not pay attention to my shoes. They did not always hear the loudspeaker. There was so much time in between the two calls asking for my parents that nobody noticed that there was two calls for the same person. And if anybody had, they did not think anything of it. The thing about this world, and when we constantly talk about it being hidden in plain sight, as I spoke about in my previous episode, this is a part of it where it is happening right in front of you, right under your nose, and you do not know to even look at it. 
I do not know if they are still using this method today, but back while I was being trafficked as a child, it was used quite frequently because of the simplicity and how easy it was for them. Nobody noticed that I looked terrified. Nobody noticed that I had eyes filled with tears. Nobody noticed that I looked like I had just been assaulted because I was limping and my hair was messed up. My clothes were put on so quickly that they did not exactly look well put together. There were so many signs that nobody even saw. And I want to tell myself that it is because they did not know what the signs were. And if they did, they would have helped. But I cannot guarantee that that is true. But I really hope that it is. Being out in public was so scary for me. I never knew if it was because it was a family day out or if it was because of a sale. Sometimes we would take entire vacations that were surrounded by a VIP client. But I was the only one that knew about it, besides my parents, of course. The mall can seem like such a wonderful place to go. You can get all of your shopping done at so many different stores, all inside of one building. But it was the scariest place for me because nobody knew what happened behind those doors in those dark hallways. I do not even know if people know that those hallways even exist. I knew them all too well. And I wish with every inch of my soul that I had no idea. This went on for so many years. Eventually I was trusted to go by myself when I was a teenager, though the babysitter was always still there. Their favorite day to send me was on a Friday night because the mall was filled with teenagers, so I never really stood out. I cannot even begin to express to you right now how painful it is to know that there were thousands and thousands of people that witnessed this and never even knew a thing. And if they did know, they did nothing about it. This is why awareness is so important. And this is why spreading accurate awareness is so important. If one person had noticed something and made a call at any moment, I could have been saved. I wish I had happier memories. I wish I could sit here and tell you that it was not all bad and that every day was not filled with fear. But I cannot be honest and say those things because they are not true. There were so many things throughout my life that should have been happy, but never were. I was brought to parties. I spoke about them a little bit in a previous episode. Parties are so much fun for so many people. And in a small way, these parties were fun for me. I had friends there. There were kids that were my age, some that were older, some that were younger. But one thing we all had in common was we were all victims of sex trafficking by our parents. And when you are around people that are going through the exact same thing that you are going through, 
You can build such a bond so quickly. But the hardest part for us at these parties is we could never show that bond because our parents would never let us see them again. They would bring people in that would dress up our hair and do our makeup. It was not to make us look too provocative, but it was to cover up any bruises that we would have on us. But I can remember feeling like a movie star, sitting in a chair in front of a mirror that was surrounded by lights, which made me feel like I was a lot more important than I actually was. After we were done getting our hair and makeup done, we would be brought out into the living room. They had arranged the chairs so that way they were in a circle and we would stand in the middle. We would have to perform just a little bit, singing, dancing, whatever talent we had. The whole entire purpose of this was so that way other people that were part of the ring could find a certain type of victim that one of their clients may have wanted. I was short and skinny with light blonde hair So if another parent needed that, but their child was a brunette with olive skin, they knew that they could contact my parents. There were no clients at these parties. There was only traffickers. I was brought monthly. There were so many children of all ages, as young as one years old and as old as maybe 13 or 14. Not only were we shown off but we were also tested. The trafficker would want to make sure that the product was worth advertising. I liked the beginning of the parties when we were sitting in the dressing room, but everything after that crushed my soul. The things that I was forced to witness are unimaginable, even more so because I was just a child And the strangest thing I can remember is the only thing bothering me was these people were cheating on their spouses. What was happening to the children was not anything out of the norm for me, but the cheating was, and it angered me. I remember certain times when I was on the way home that I would express my anger to my father, and with one strike, I quickly forgot about that anger because he let me know that it did not matter. I can remember every month just hoping that it was the day that I finally became too old for all of this. And not just the parties, but the mall and all of the other sales. But that day never came, and I never quite understood why. I do not believe that I understand now why it never came. Maybe someday I will. But this world of sex trafficking is so complex and so complicated. And there is so much that they do to psychologically confuse you and even make you doubt reality that is hard to figure anything out. If I ever brought up those parties, I was immediately admitted into the psych ward because I was having delusions again. Every time I brought up anything, they tried to convince me that it never happened and I had made the whole thing up 
I still wonder if they knew that I let them believe that I believed them. A lot of the times I did, but there were so many times that I knew what my truth was. And definitely today I know what my truth is. And no one can ever take that away from me, no matter how hard they try. They need to do a lot if they think they are going to be able to silence me. It has been a long road trying to find my voice, mostly because it is hard to use it. In all those years when I was a child, they would make fun of my voice. They would tell me it was too high-pitched, that it carried, that I was too loud, and they were constantly telling me that I needed to be quieter. And looking back now, I think it was because they were preparing for the future so I would never use my voice. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I still feel like people hear my voice and cringe at the sound of it. They would not let me use certain words because they said the way I said it made their blood boil. Everything my entire life with them was paving the way so I would stay silent. And if I didn't, then they would be able to cover up what was actually happening. They had so many things that they could use against me to make it appear like I was not being honest. But I had to keep reminding myself that there was not a single thing that could ever prove that I was not telling the truth. Even though my memories were not always complete memories, I knew that the ones that I had were true and real. Just as real as when you finish this episode, you remember the things you heard or not, or how you remember when you went to the store yesterday. My memories are real. And even though for many years they tried to take them from me, I never let them. When their eyes were watching, I made sure to tell the therapists and psychiatrists exactly what they wanted me to, that I was not remembering things accurately. But there was always something deep down inside that never let me fully believe that. And I think that played a very big part in finding my strength to not only leave, but to use my voice today. There are so many people that sit in silence day in and day out because they cannot find their strength to use their voice that they already have. They are scared that they will be judged for their story. And to be honest, it is a very legitimate fear because there are a lot of times where I was judged for mine. When I began sharing on social media, there was a lot of people that shared their disbelief in my story. But I do not think that they did not believe me. I think they did not want to believe that these things that I was talking about were possible. A lot of people look at this world through rose-colored glasses and think that there is so much good and the evil things could not possibly be true. And we need to change that. We need it to not be so taboo to think about a parent 
doing these things to their own child. One of the biggest things that I am judged for is because I refuse to give my parents names. I will never give them. And that is not me protecting them. It is me protecting myself. And I think that confuses a lot of people. When I decided to start telling my story, I knew that there were risks involved. I knew that they would eventually find it and read things that I was writing or watch the videos that I had made. And when I started this podcast, I knew that they would find it and listen to it. And they will do anything they can to keep me quiet. But it does not mean that I have to let them. Yes, I live in fear. But I do not let that fear control me anymore. That fear was power that they had over me. And I use that fear as a driving force to continue to spread awareness and to share my story. Because I do not know how many people out there that are terrified that need to hear that there is someone out there who understands and has been there before. And there is not any amount of danger that would stop me from telling those people that they are not alone. I do not know how many people had the same experience at the mall that I did. I know that there were kids that were brought to parties all over the country. I know that there are people whose stories seem so eerily similar to mine that it almost makes me sick to my stomach to think that there are monsters out there that are exactly like my parents. And I wish that there was a place that we could all come together to find strength and comfort in each other, knowing that we are not alone. But the harsh reality is, a lot of people cannot share their story, and that is okay. So until they can, I will be their voice. I will share my truth so they do not have to share theirs. And in hearing my truth, I hope they will know that they are not alone. This world of survival is not an easy one. It is unforgiving. It is chaotic. It is absolutely terrifying. But it is also beautiful. It is rewarding in so many different ways. I feel like somewhere along this journey, I passed something and things started to look more inspiring. I believe that all came when I moved here and when I asked to speak my story. At first, they just wanted me to talk with someone that would write it for me and recite it at the event to protect my identity. But I remember thinking to myself that I needed to be the one to say it. It needed to come from my mouth so I asked if I could write it and they said that I could and the more I sat down and thought about it I realized that for me to recover I needed to be the one to say it out loud I had said it to myself so many times in the mirror and I told people that were ethically obligated to stay silent about it so that night that I got up in that room full of people 
Every single one of them could share my story, whether I wanted them to or not. And that was the biggest thing that I personally needed for me, for my recovery. That is the night I closed the book of being a victim. And when I opened the new book of being a survivor, I did everything that night for me, not for anyone else. And even though I did not know it, when I asked, it was everything that I needed. I know this episode was a difficult one to listen to, and I apologize if it was hard for anybody to hear, but I shared these intimate details because I hope that when someone goes to the mall, they will pay attention to little things. Maybe now somebody will recognize a young girl whose outfit has been changed, but notice that her shoes have not and can make the call that will save that child's life. Maybe now someone will notice a little boy who looks terrified while he is walking with his parents. Maybe people will pay attention to the loudspeaker a little more and listen to how many times they hear the same name. That night I shared my story for me, but now I share my story for other survivors and victims. This world is so lonely. It was even lonelier while I was still under their control. I had no one to speak for me. So I want to be that person for someone else. I will be that person for every single child that feels like their life is normal when it very much is not. I may not get to tell every single one of them that what is happening to them is wrong, But if enough people listen to my podcast and listen to my stories, maybe one of my listeners will notice and can tell that child that it is not normal what they're going through. Maybe a victim that does not even know they are a victim will be able to come to that realization. Just one. That's all it takes is just one person to save someone from sex trafficking. There is one thing that I ask of all of you. Take my story and use it as a way to spread awareness. Use it as a tool to notice other victims. And most importantly, try not to judge. None of our stories are the same, yet they are the same. When we leave, it is the scariest thing that we will ever know. Having to tell the details about the mall and those parties is so difficult because I still feel the shame that I felt when they happened originally. I still have not been told that they were not normal, though I know that they were not. So maybe next time you go to the mall, you can be the one to tell a kid that it is not, even if it's just as simply as making a call. I cannot stress enough that it is better to make the call and be wrong than be right and do nothing. I had dreamt every single day when I was a child that what I was going through was not normal because it hurt so bad. But I also wanted it to be because the thought of my parents being monsters hurt even more. I was in a constant state of denial 
So many others feel that way. And if we want to end sex trafficking, we have got to make them understand that there is no shame what happened to them. They are not what happened to them. They are people. They are beautiful. And one day they will find their voice and change the world.